conducted 389 investigations, including 35 cartel-linked investigations in 201 cities. Over the course of these investigations, we seized over 10 million fake pills and 982 pounds of fentanyl powder, powder across all 50 states. That comes after the new warning from the DEA that drug cartels are using so-called rainbow fentanyl pills that look like candy or sidewalk chalk to target young people. NBC News White House correspondent Monica Alba is here. Hey, Monica, fill us in. Hey, Hallie, that's right. This is a major announcement, a huge sweeping effort from the Department of Justice working with the DEA. And we did learn in an exclusive interview yesterday with our own Kate Snow from the administrator there that there is particular concern over what is being called this rainbow fentanyl that some drug cartels are targeting young people with and calling it things like sweet tarts or Skittles because it looks like it could almost be that kind of candy when, of course, it is an incredibly deadly pill. So in order to try to get so many of these pills off of the streets, the Biden administration has been working specifically, it says, to target two Mexican drug cartels that use chemicals that come from China to try to really get them before they come to the point of perhaps being sold again to some young people. And we know even in the last couple of weeks and months that some middle schools have had to be called to investigate these fake colorful pills that have turned out to be fentanyl again, that have led to so many overdoses and deaths. This is something that the Biden administration has worked on over the last year and a half. But this announcement today from the attorney general is the result of a lot of work in what you heard there, more than 200 cities to seize more of these deadly drugs. Hallie. Monica Alba, outside the White House. Thank you. Okay. Uh, they're finally trying to, because this thing's such a crisis. Do we have Todd Benzman up? Todd, uh, I want to talk about this first. We got Jeff Rainworth. I also got Cortez up. Uh, more news in capital markets uh, of the meltdown of the Biden regime and their created crises. Todd, um, this New York Times article, uh, the New York Times article talks about this new asylum and how Biden's making small marginal changes, but these changes are going to help the situation. You've been the number one person talking because you come out of Texas DPS intelligence, talk about the cartels, the fentanyl flow, the human trafficking. And now this asylum thing is just a scam. It's a total scam. And the New York Times is promoting it as, oh, Biden's really making these marginal changes to make it a better system. It's literally a bald-faced lie. What they're doing is just, they're becoming a processing center just to process more people that have no real right to asylum in this country. I hate to be so brutally frank about it. They're economic migrants. Uh, Todd Benzman, your thoughts on this. We're going to go to Jeff Rains, uh fourth is down on the border right now. We're going to go to him in a second. But Todd, give us your, give us your assessment, particularly yesterday when Merrick Garland, they, they know this is such a huge issue because the polls show us they're down 36 points on border security, down 36 points on border security. They're down 23 points on crime. They're down 19 points on immigration. So what does it do? Merrick Garland, little tiny Merrick Garland gets up there yesterday, that little whiny voice, that little teeny whiny voice, and starts talking about how they're breaking bad on cartels. Todd Benzman. Well, the New York Times story points out a very obscure new regime scheme that the administration has put in for asylum seekers, in big air quotes, asylum seekers, because uh, almost everybody that comes to the border is an economic migrant, not an asylum seeker. But we all know that they use the American asylum system as the mechanism to just get in past Border Patrol and to stay in forever. Well, this new scheme that they've come up with is a rubber stamping machine that removes the asylum process from lawyers with ICE and immigration judges and just gives it to, you know, frontline USCIS officers who have five weeks of training, no judges, no lawyers that are representing the people in these cases. And they're rubber stamping these things through, answering straight to political appointees in Washington. Uh, that's this new system. It's very disturbing that they are implementing this system because it enables them, when they get 800, they plan to hire 800 asylum officers who will create this vast machine 
that will just rubber stamp, rubber stamp, rubber stamp everybody who comes in instead of putting them through this adversarial court hearing process where there is a representative of the people uh, in there, uh, you know, challenging the immigrants' stories uh, and who can appeal the final decision uh, to let them in on asylum. Now it's just nothing. There's just like a, a political. It's a, here's the point. It's supposed to be an adversarial system. People just can't wander to this country. They're supposed to be able to make a case about coming yes. to this country. They put these guys in the front line just to process them in nonstop. You warned us about this, I think, eight months ago, nine months ago. I know it's in your yeah. book, but you warned us about this. And now the New York Times is making it out like, you know, this is really a smart. They're tiny changes, but they're really smart of what Biden's doing. Am, am I incorrect on in that, that they're basically being a propaganda effort for the Biden regime? Totally, uh, because what they're what they're reporting on is the first kind of pilot test program of this. Uh, they had about 100 immigrants that they ran through it. 25, uh, 24 of the 99, rather, got an affirmative asylum uh, pass-through. So they got asylum. There was, and, and the rest of them, instead of not getting asylum and getting deported, get to get in a five-year-long backlog to go to court the normal way. So 100% get to stay. Nobody gets 100%. Hang on. The five year to get to the court, you get an EBIT card, you get it, you get a a food stamp card, you get benefits, the kids get education, you get total health care, you get better treatment than veterans. Am I incorrect in that, Todd Benzman? If you get the slightest toehold inside the United States with a three and a half to seven year long backlog to get your case to court, you're dropping kids, you're in school. You're you're in you're becoming ensconced in society in a way that deportation officers are not going to deport you ever. So they're here forever. It's it's a 100 percent. Everybody gets to stay. New York Times incorrectly, falsely reported that those who don't get asylum under the new rubber stamp system will be swiftly deported. B.S. None of them are ever going to be deported at all, let alone swiftly. These people are here for years and years and years, uh, probably forever. I don't see any of these people getting deported. And this is going to be in the millions, correct, sir? Well, if there is there is litigation, uh, it's slow moving. I don't know why there has not been a, an injunction against this. It's patently illegal. It 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 goes completely against statutory language that tells. DHS, how they're supposed to proceed with asylum cases and adjudication. And granted, it's backlogged, but it's backlogged because we're not deterring them and deporting them at the border. So everybody gets in. Everybody gets in and they get in line. It's a seven-year wait, five-year wait, and and they they lay down roots. Hang on, hang on one second. Just hold with me. I'm going to go to Rainford in a second, but I got to bring in Cortez because I know Cortez's head is blowing up. Steve, your uh, your assessment of this, before we get to the fentanyl, but your assessment of just this asylum scam, yeah. and particularly the New York Times is praising, Biden's making such a smart, tiny change on the border, tiny change, but it's, right. it's quite smart to help us. Steve Cortez. Steve, it is absolutely a scam. Of the 4.9 million illegal migrants who have come into the United States, 1 million of them right now reside in the United States as supposedly legitimate asylum seekers, when we know that, in fact, they are overwhelmingly economic migrants. I wrote an article about exactly this topic three weeks ago because the New York Times profiled these 1 million folks and profiled them, of course, in, in the most laudatory manner as if this were some generosity from the United States. Granted, and, and mind you, while American citizens are suffering and anxious just about paying their bills, let me quote Barack Obama, okay? Not something that I do very often, quote him in the affirmative. Let me quote Barack Obama. I put this in my article that, that's on my Substack from three weeks ago. Here's what he said. Refugee status is Barack Obama. Refugee status is not granted just based on economic need or because a family lives in a bad neighborhood or poverty. It's typically defined fairly narrowly. The state, for example, that has targeted political activists and they need to get out of a country for fear of prosecution or death. Okay, Barack Obama had it right. 
And he made th that, those statements, by the way, when he was speaking to the leaders of Central American countries, trying to dissuade them from allowing their people to come here under the ruse of asylum. Barack Obama is exactly correct. Coming from a bad neighborhood, coming from a dangerous neighborhood, coming from economic uh, lack of economic opportunity, none of that qualifies you for asylum. Asylum is for somebody, the pastor of a house church who is fleeing the CCP or is going to face lifelong imprisonment or death. That's legitimate asylum. Steve, here's the thing. Because the system has now been so totally exploited, and abused, and the generosity of the American people has been so abused, both by these would-be asylum seekers as well as by leftist Americans and the NGOs who are encouraging them. Here's what I think has to happen, Steve, and what I want to see candidates promise once they are elected to the Congress and we take over Congress starting in January of next year, is we need to thoroughly close the border. When I say close the border, I don't mean just keeping out the illegals. Uh, that has to be the bare minimum. I think we also need a cessation, a temporary pause, a moratorium on even legal immigration, including asylum seekers. The system is far too broken right now to allow this kind of continued abuse. We had to suspend any asylum seeking right now until we can pass laws that will appropriately identify people who truly need asylum, which is by definition a very small group of people. Um, until we have those kinds of laws in place, we simply cannot allow this wholesale breaking and entering into the United States of people who I profile in my article, Steve. Portland, Maine, which again, the New York Times is trying to hold up as some exemplar. Portland, Maine, a city of 66,000 people, uh, has been inundated with hundreds and hundreds of these bogus asylum seekers who are economic migrants. We taxpayers are paying to house and feed them. Their children are going to public schools in Portland, Maine, a city of only 66,000 people. It has spent $40 million on these illegal migrants in the, just the last year and a half. That's outrageous and it cannot continue. Let, let me, uh, and I'm going to get to Rainford now in a second about the fentanyl and the cartel's control, but let me go back to Benzman and, and Cortez, hang with me. Why, there's a whole system of treaties and these things. Why are we even in this? We pulled out of TPP. We pulled out of the Paris Accord. What are we even doing? This is kind of a global scam, right? What, what is the system that's actually, we that previous administrations have agreed to? What do we need actually to just kind of pull ourselves out of it until we can think this thing through? Because they're gaming the system. This is what it is. It's gaming the system. Todd Benzman. Well, we in 1968, LBJ obliged us to an international treaty called the United Nations Convention related to the Status of Refugees Treaty. And then out of that, in 1980, we passed a law uh, called the Refugee Act of 1980. And that is uh, what cocoons our current asylum system. For starters, we need to pull out of the treaty. And then uh, what Steve said, I couldn't agree more. There needs to be a, a pause, a secession of, of the asylum law completely. No more asylum at all until we can figure out how to rebuild it in a way where it doesn't get massively abused by economic migrants. LBJ did not vi envision this. Uh, initially, Truman uh, tried to, uh, you know, he wouldn't sign it when it first came out in the late 40s uh, because he felt like it gave up U.S. sovereignty to these foreign, these European powers about who we're going to let into our hold country. It, hold exactly it. Wait, wait for it. A Democratic president, old school, back in the 40s would not sign it because it gave up our sovereignty. That's right. Does that but then sound like an issue? Is, is that sound like something that resonates from Italy to the United States today? It's about your sovereignty. Look, are there legitimate asylum seekers throughout the world? Absolutely. In the Chinese Communist Party in mainland China, we fight for this all the time. But the system has been so scammed by the globalists that have nefarious um, you know, uh, outcomes in mind that that's why you need a cessation right now. You've got to get control. I could not agree with uh, Cortez more. And it's tough to say. But this thing right now is going to break the backs of the working class in this country. It's going to break the backs of them in, Steve, in, in dire financial situation. Yeah, go ahead. Stay, what, Steve, hang on. We're going to get into more of this. I know we got capital markets. I got Rainforth on the board about the cartels and the fentanyl. This is, uh, and by the way, the Daily Mail's got an incredible story up there. And Captain Bannon has put it up on her getter about the, about the color, the rainbow color opioids and fentanyl, fentanyl to get to your kids. Remember, this is the second opium war. The CCP is doing this to kill you, to kill you. This has been weaponized. Short commercial break. 
Benzman, Cortez, Rainforth, all next in the war room. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. I want to go to Jeff Rainforth. He's an investigative reporter. He's been up and down the border. He's done some of the best border coverage around. Uh, just been in Yuma uh, with insane footage, uh, at nighttime footage. He's down at uh, our wall in El Paso, Texas. That was built. The Border Patrol actually came to us and said, hey, if you got to build something, we need something built here here to stop the cartels. This is upside a mountain right between Juarez and El Paso. Jeff, you've done as good a job of chronicling this as possible. Garland just stood up and said, oh, we've had all these raids and we're stopping all this and we're doing it. Give our audience an assessment of the cartels and their control of the southern border and particularly in the uh, in the area of human trafficking, sex trafficking, child trafficking, and particularly the weapon that is called fentanyl, sir. Well, uh, we've known for a long time that the cartels absolutely control the Mexican side of the border almost 100 percent. And what they don't control, uh, they pay off, easily pay off government officials in in Mexico itself. That is happening more and more here on the U.S. side. I talked to a a police officer who uh, with a certain department and who said uh, just a few years ago that the cartels own half of the businesses in El Paso itself. And that was two years ago when we were building this wall that you see uh, behind me. And um, the cartels, are they're massive, they're growing, and they're using China. Uh, China's uh, propping them up with fentanyl. So the, the cartels are going to continue encroaching because the Biden administration is allowing them to come in and do business here. And it's going to get worse. The fentanyl uh, situation is going to get worse because our government is allowing them to come in and it's going to be just like Mexico. Look, look, you've been up and down this border. You were with us back when this war was built, but you were there before you've been up and down since then. Is it look like it, given the fact that there's more trafficking than ever, there's more people coming across than ever. Do you see a bigger show of force by the United States authorities today or years ago? I mean, do you really see any besides processing people? Do you see any real interdiction, sir? No. Not whatsoever. The only time you see interdiction is when you have the people who want to get away, um, who don't want to be found. These are like the rapists, the murderers, the uh, the sex traffickers, the drug traffickers, the hardcore ones. Uh, those are the ones where you see interdiction. Everybody else, no. Um, like you said, it's processing. Uh, the Biden administration is just allowing everybody to be processed in. And the cartels are... It took all their money to get here. And so uh, they have many more people. Once those people are all in the United States, 
the cartels have people in those groups to do their bidding in the United States. They have an army of people to do whatever they want, from drug trafficking to money laundering, anything. Uh, hang on for a second, Jeff. We'll come back to you in a second. Let me get Benzman and Cortez. Cortez, is this one of the reasons your beloved Chicago is out of control? Remember, the, the public enemy number one, I think for the, a couple of years ago, the Chicago Crime Commission announced, it was just a few years ago, announced that public enemy number one, and the last one they had named was Al Capone back in, I think, the 30s, was a, a cartel a cartel guy living in the mountains of northern Mexico. Is this one of the reasons that our cities are out of control, and particularly your beloved Chicago, sir? No, it absolutely is. And, you know, Steve, aside from the human tragedy, which is the most significant and, and terrible aspect of these open borders, let's talk about the transfer of wealth to these cartels. Uh, this is a transfer of wealth that is absolutely unseen in American history in terms of criminal organizations. And, and you're right, the only apt comparison at all, perhaps, would be the prohibition transfer of wealth to those criminal gangs. But in, in that case, at least it was primarily within the United States. We're talking about Mexican cartels. Uh, and, you know, and just so nobody, uh, so that there's no confusion over this matter, these Mexican cartels operate in a manner that would make ISIS almost look reasonable in terms of the scale of violence that they are willing to use. So not only are we jeopardizing the prosperity and security of the American people, Steve, but we are also massively uh, making massively wealthy some of the most dangerous and brutal organizations on earth and risking potentially the destabilization of Mexico itself. And think of that calamity on our southern border, uh, you know, if we play this out, if this, if this trend continues several years from now, it's not inconceivable at all that Mexico itself could become a, a failed state, that it could truly become a narco state. Joe Biden is doing that. He is, and it's not through happenstance. He is doing it volitionally. He has decided to open the border and in doing so has given the cartels absolute revenue, uh, revenue streams that it never could have imagined before, making them all the bolder, all the richer, all the more powerful. Benzman, he says, Steve is saying, hey, it's on the verge of becoming a failed narco state. Abbott's just declared, I think, the cartel's a terrorist organization. The, the Biden administration coddles them. Is Mexico a failed narco state today in your mind? And is this thing so out of control that we need immediate interdiction instead of worrying about what we're doing in Afghanistan or Iraq our southern or the, on the on the Russian speaking? You know, we just in the CR, it's another 12 billion dollars to Ukraine. It's another $3 billion to process Afghan refugees, of which Steve uh, Cortez has warned from day one. We have no earthly idea who these folks are. So it, 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 should we be doing a direct paramilitary intervention, interdiction of the cartels now on the southern border of the United States? And is Mexico a real partner or are they already a failed narco state, sir? Well, first of all, something very significant has happened with Mexico in the last 18 months. And it's the... The wealth transfer that Steve was talking about is really vast because they went into the human smuggling business. And that now, according to pretty credible reports, is now making more money for a couple of the cartels than drug trafficking. Uh, it's somewhere on the order of about 500 million a year in 2018 in those years. And now uh, the estimates are as high as $13 billion in human smuggling money going to the cartels. Well, what they do with that is they buy weapons. They buy armament. And I mean, not just like ARs from the gun store in Texas. They're buying, you know, belt-fed uh, 30 caliber fully automatic machine guns, 50 caliber sniper rifles. Uh, they're building tanks uh, and they're recruiting fighters. And so these paramilitary organizations have increased their military power. We're going to find out about this soon. And when that happens, then they dictate to Mexico City what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. Recently, we had one of those cartels tell Obrador, uh, look, if you don't do what we want here, I will bring my paramilitary to Mexico City. See if you like that. And he caved on that issue. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we started to see uh, some of those paramilitaries actually show up in, in Mexico City. By, 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 by the way, just where Jeff Rainford is there, right to where we built the wall right there in El Paso, Texas, looking over to Juarez, which used to be a very kind of cool border town where people used to go over and gamble and you know do the things you do in a border community. 
Now they killed, didn't they kill 11 civilians? They, the cartels butchered 11 civilians kind of out in the open and sent a message to the, to the, to the Mexican authorities. We're in charge and you're not. This is, this is, this is a true crisis. This is a border that we got to be thinking about. Not the eastern border of Ukraine. They, they, they could let Europe figure that out. Let the Ukrainians and the Russians with the EU and those guys, let them figure, let the Pope get involved in that one. Let them figure that out. Okay. We have a border here that is under control by a, a massive paramilitary group that's in, in league with our existential threat enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. The fentanyl is not a drug. It's a weapon. They've weaponized it to kill basically upon use. And now they've color-coded it. Mo's got this story from the, the, the Daily Mail up. To, it looks like, it looks like uh, I don't know, it looks like uh, sweet tarts or whatever it is for kids. This is a crisis. And it's massive. And it's only getting worse. And we sit here, if we can't do this, we're not a country. We're just not. If our authorities, and I don't want to hear the talk about, we got to go try. No, you got to build a wall and you got to put people down there to enforce it. Step one. If I can. Step one. And then you I, have to have interdiction, paramilitary interdiction. Todd Benson. Well, I didn't get to your other question, which is a really important question. What can we do kinetically? Uh, and I think that we have arrived at a time when we need to open the public discussion about whether we should be behaving with uh, Mexico, toward Mexico, in the way that we were with the Colombian government, central government toward FARC back in the 90s and 2000s, where we did go kinetic on cocaine labs in the jungle. Uh, fentanyl was produced in labs in Mexico. We know where they are. We, we can pinpoint them uh, by satellite and drone, and everybody knows where these are. And it may be time to start contemplating military action against those labs. I don't know why we're not talking about this. We've done it before. There's lots of precedent for this. But uh, the American people, Cortez, I got to bend a minute here. The American people support us on this. Look at the statistics. If you have bold enough to put it in front of them, they will have your back. They want it to stop. Every town in this country's being destroyed. The working class in this country is being eviscerated by this. The Chinese Communist Party is smart. This is a reverse opium war. This is kind of what the British did to them. They're not dumb. They're smart. And they got a, they got a, a dangerous, powerful partner in the cartel, Steve Cortez. They rule, of course, I, I am opposed to foreign adventurism and intervention. But in this case, I think it makes perfect sense. And by the way, it is next door, which makes all the difference in the world. It's not halfway across the world looking for a conflict in the Black Sea where we can involve ourselves and escalate. This is crucial to the American people. You know, if I can connect this to some of the recent political headlines, the left is apoplectic at the revelations from this Haberman book, if they're to be believed, that, that Trump was considering bombing some of the cartel operations in Mexico. And again, I have no idea if that's true or not, but if it was, I say, good for him. He absolutely should have been considering it. Perhaps he should have done it. It would have been a good move and it might well be in the future. So uh, the thing that made them uh, pull their hair out to me said, huh, pretty sensible. Yeah. Okay, short break. Benzman, Cortez, uh, Rainforth, all next, War Room. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, let me go back to Benson. Benson, I can't for the life of me figure out why your book is not out now, but I know there are greater minds than mine in the publishing industry. How do people get your book? Look at that cover. Overrun, and that says it all from the great Todd Benson. He's been, as you know, he's been with us for the last couple of years, and he's been talking about this all the time. It's now in book form, and you got to get it. Uh, Todd, how do people also get your your reporting? Is fantastic. How do people get to all your content? Where do they go? So you can go to toddbensman.com for the book to pre-order the book. Send a message to Post Hill Press that they should put this thing out during the election campaign, which is my preference. Uh, but as it is uh, right now, it's scheduled to go for the uh, new Congress. And you can you can pre-order that at toddbensman.com. And you can see all my writings uh, at cis.org or toddbensman.com. And I'm on Getter, tbensman at Getter. 
I just want to make sure the audience knows that you're at the cutting edge because in this new Congress, you're going to see guys like Benzman and Mike Davis and Steve Cortez all the time, not just testifying, but also talking about what needs to be focused on. Cortez told us a year ago, a year and a half ago, it's the two eyes, inflation and immigration. If people just run on that, we're going to win 100 seats because it's outrageous. The created crisis that is destroying this nation and destroying the working class that are the underpinnings of this nation is, is absolutely outrageous. It's never happened before in the history of the country. Never. And we are going to stop it, right? We've sworn to do that. Benson, you're a good man. Thank you so much for all the everything you've done. Thank you. We'll have Todd back on, obviously. All that we could have him every day. It's, it's incredible what's going on. We're going to get to Rainforth in a minute. I was supposed to try to get Naomi on a Joanne. Like we got so much to go through. Mike Davis is going to be with us at five o'clock tonight to talk about looking a little bit over the hill. Supreme Court comes back next week. I think Tuesday's the first day, and there's a jam schedule. And a lot of it of taking down the administrative state and devolving powers back to the state legislature. So we're going to go through that with the great Mike Davis this afternoon. Probably have Naomi. This this story with the vaccines and the mother's milk and uh, all this is absolutely insane. And, and it's just incredible what went on. And now every day you're seeing more information about it. And Naomi Wolf, and I'm glad to say 3,500 volunteers from the War Room Posse under Amy Kelly over at Daily Clout have pulled it together. Uh, Cortez, we got so much to go through about finance and economics and everything. I want to, what I'd like to do is play a clip from this morning's CNBC coupled with your brilliant uh, chalk talk up on Getter. Let's go ahead and do it. As it's really good to have you here because we are watching the news this morning, trying to figure out what to make of it from the Bank of England, figuring out what's happening, uh, not just in bond prices, but in the futures markets. Well, Jim, you got any explanations? Movement. I mean, if you watched uh, Frank Holland this morning at around 5.05, it did feel crash. Mm-hmm. You had a feeling that it was pretty much the end of, uh, of the NASDAQ, which had been the only year that's been holding up. And that was before the Bank of uh, England, I would say, panicked. I won't say that they had a considered thought about what to do. But the interesting thing is the reaction to the two-year. And the two-year, David, said basically that the Fed has completed. And I'm not so sure that's an accurate deal. It certainly wouldn't seem to be what uh, Jerome Powell's been indicating or uh, many others. But as you said many times, and you guys report on this as well during your show, the two-year seems to be dictating where we go in the market right now. Right. And I think people were surprised. Uh, because it's been on the move, four and a half, people expecting five. Mortgage rates continue to go higher. And maybe there is maybe a crescendo moment where people say the Fed is cognizant that they could destroy the economy and that maybe that's not their goal. Patriots, more terrible interest rate news for the first time in over a decade. Ten-year Treasury yield hits 4% overnight. Perhaps even worse for most Americans, 30-year fixed mortgage rates hit 7% for the first time since the year 2000. Now, what does that mean in dollar terms? For a half-million-dollar home, if you can put 20% down at the beginning of this year, your monthly mortgage payment was just over $2,100 at the beginning of this year, 2022. What's it right now, given these rates? It's now over $3,000 per month, a rise of 43% in just nine months. What's just as troubling as the additional cost, though, is the pace of increase. What I mean by that is if you look at 30-year mortgage rates, to go from 5 to 6% recently, that took five months. To go from 6 to 7%, it took only two weeks. The point here, folks, is that the economy is deteriorating at an increasing pace, putting all the more onus on us to take action November 8th. By the way, does Jim Cramer and these guys know how to do calculus? I mean, what what are they surprised about the two-year and the 10-year? What are you talking about? Oh, everybody's caught by surprise. Uh, You must not be watching the war room, bro. Yeah. And it's your thing. It's the pace of change. It's the rate of change is the thing. By the way, if you're under 30 years old, the difference – remember, you've had 18 straight months of real wages dropping – Okay, making it harder for you to make those payments because you're 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 the inflation's eating you alive on everything else from energy to your car payment to food to everything. At the same time, it's going to go up. This is why you're going to see a housing crash. Steve Cortez. 
Steve, listen, you're exactly right that you know people are taking it from all sides. You're in an absolute economic vice right now because of this created crisis, created primarily by the Biden regime with help from his acolytes on Capitol Hill, but also a lot of complicity in the Fed, which was derelict in its duty for a very long time and is now finally doing what it needs to do. But here's the thing, a couple points. First, regarding Jim Cramer, somebody who used to say pretty smart things on the air. There was a day when I think he had some smart insights and he was certainly entertaining about it. Well, he is neither any longer. Uh, he is consumed by narrative. Uh, And if anything, the only reason to listen to him is to fade him, to do the exact opposite of whatever he says. So yes, for the day today, and look, I'm glad that markets are getting a bit of a breather. Okay, people need it and their accounts need it. But it's getting a breather because the Bank of England stepped in with some incredibly unusual antics. And I'll call them antics because that's all they really are, to try to temporarily prop up the market. But even that intervention, Steve, I think points to the systemic flaws. And here's what I mean by that. The Bank of England, with relatively little money put to work to purchase bonds, they were able to move British bonds like crazy. Why? Because there's no liquidity in the market. In other words, there's no depth to financial markets right now because financial markets are so disorderly and because even the smartest people in the world, the biggest money managers on earth, can't figure out where this economy is headed. It's it's like I talked about yesterday with FedEx and Ford, can't figure out where their businesses are. Same thing with hedge fund managers, with asset managers, yeah. with pension fund managers. There, there is no liquidity in the market. That's a dangerous situation, Steve. But, so but, yes, but, the Bank of England was able to move hang, things hang for on, a hang day. On, hang on, hang on, it bailed it out today because I want people to understand these central banks, it's your money. Sure. These things they're spending is your the obligations that you're gonna have to make good. Right. The Fed's got nine and a half trillion dollars on its balance sheet. That's all you. And that went to prop up the wealthy. And you have this concentration of wealth. That was you that did it. I know yes. they didn't ask you, but that's you. The, the Bank of England today was a step in because the Tories yeah. did this insane unfunded tax cut that's kind of theoretical when they got overspending. They haven't unleashed their energy. They got all these structural problems they haven't addressed. They just want to give a tax cut, not funded. And there's nobody to pay for it. Their financing costs, right. and this is the thing, the financing costs in this country is going to eat up all the available money. All this right. fantasy, they're talking about the 12 billion to Ukraine and the 3 billion for the Afghans and this billion, and we're going to give 10 billion here, 10 billion here. That whole nonsense is going to stop because right. the interest payments of this is going to wipe it all out. And you're going to hear it here first. When you're sitting there and guys' faces saying, how did you do this? Why did you do it? You were warned. If you're under 35 and you vote for a Democrat, you deserve everything you got coming to you. You deserve it. Right. If you back them, you deserve it. Cortez. And, and, and get into a couple of things here. First, you know, regarding Kramer, let's just say for a second that he's actually right for once. I guess eventually he'll be right about something one of these days. Let's say he's right that the Fed is done. And I think he's dead wrong. But let's say he's right. You know what will happen with inflation if the Fed stops hiking right now? I mean, right now, the have to basket, as I call it, of, of gasoline, groceries and utilities according to the latest CPI report out just a couple of weeks ago, are rising at a 24% rate. Not the 8% rate that overall CPI is rising at. 24% for the have-to items of life that are not discretionary. If the Fed were to stop right now and just say, okay, inflation is fine, Steve, that's going to go to 50% and we have riots in the streets. Okay, that's the reality if he happens to be right. Uh, He's not right. The Fed is going to continue to do what it needs to do now, what it failed to do earlier. But to your point about young people or really anybody who's aspirational, right? Somebody who wants to get married, who wants to have children, who wants to buy a home. What I showed there in that chalk talk just this year, Steve, just in the last nine months for a half million dollar home, which in most parts of the country is not at all an extravagant place. Okay, that's just a bit over the national median for a half million dollar home. Your cost has gone this year, your monthly payment, and that's if you have $100,000 to put down, by the way, which very few people do, given what's happening with real wages. But if you happen to have $100,000 saved, you can put that down. Your payment has gone from essentially $2,000 to $3,000 this month, uh, per month. Why, why your that wages is because have of for, Joe Biden. But hold it, hold it. But don't bury the lead. Why your wages have dropped for 18 straight months and are going to keep dropping? Right. Hang on. I want to go to Axios head. You got it up. I didn't have the chance to get it up this morning as you and I were talking about the show, um, the Biden administration knows this. Axios has got the biggest story of the day. Hello, Yellen. They're looking to replace Yellen right now. Deese is going back to, so the Treasury Secretary is gone. They're getting rid of her, okay, because she's she's a buffoon. Deese from BlackRock, he's gone. The NEC guy, they're going to get rid of him, and they're announcing Rouse, the economic, the the, the economist, CEA, with the economist panel, She's going to go back, return to Columbia or Princeton, wherever she's from, upon her thing next spring. 
all three of the senior financial advisors to this government are gone because Biden understands yeah. what the hell, how do we do this? The create right. crisis. If they, they should, if they love the team, the team would be out on TV every day. It'd be on CNBC every day, be on the campaign trail every day. They're getting rid of the top. And this is Axios. Yellen, right. Deese, and Rouse are all gone. Steve Cortez. Did we get three scalps, brother? Well, I sure hope so. It's about damn time. I mean, it's too late, uh, but it is a needed reform at the least. Because, Steve, listen, if you look at the metrics, not my opinion, if you look at the metrics, this is the worst economy since the Great Depression. The 70s is no longer a comparison for us. The 70s right now would be an uptick from where we are right now. This is the worst economy since the Great Depression. And yes, the entire economic team needs to go. Janet Yellen, first, first and foremost. I'm going to tell you about Cortez's created crisis. We have the stagflation of the 70s. We have a self-created energy crisis like the 70s. We still have a valuation problem because they're not backing off these earnings estimates. They're all going to crater. A valuation bubble still and like NASDAQ, of, the, of the Internet, like the early 2000s. We're building towards a real estate and financial crisis, maybe not quite as bad as 2008, but that's coming. You've got all we got them all together for the big daddy, for the Mac daddy, right? This is yeah. like 1930s. And if you think we exaggerate, just look at, have we been wrong yet? And just look at the math. If the Bank of England hadn't taken the, the money of the British people and bailed out this absurd Tory party, just off the charts fantasy of what they wanted to do without getting down to the tough decisions they got to make, uh, the British people bailed themselves out today and essentially bailed out the U.S. capital market. As Kramer said, at five o'clock in the morning, it looked like it was going to be a crash before and, and for all the hopium on Wall Street that the Fed, you saw Kramer right there, the Fed's done. They're not going to intervene. It's all over, right? They're, they're, they're finished. Cortez, you've been on fire. How do people get to your Substack? How do they get to Getter? Getter's been amazing, all the live streams. How do they get to all your stuff on Getter and on your Substack, sir? Yeah, please follow me on Getter. I've got the ballers uh, handle of just the single first name, Steve. Uh, you know how that works. Uh, I'm at Steve <laughs> on, on the Getter. And you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Cortez, Steve Cortez with an S. Hey, I am proud to be the junior partner in this one. Trust me, I'm proud. It's Cortez and Bannon. It's not the firm is not Bannon Cortez. It's Cortez Bannon. Steve, thank you very much. Appreciate you taking thank time you. to come on. Okay, we got so many big things to cover. We're going to have uh, Naomi on for like 30 minutes because this story that she's she's developing with the information of uh, the situation with the vaccine is uh, it may be the most important thing we're covering. Of all the things we're covering, we're covering 20 things that are front burner. Naomi Wolf next in the war room. has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Okay, we're about to go to Dr. Naomi Wolf. One thing I want everybody to read, particularly in these coming days and weeks ahead, is about the, I'm at AFA this weekend giving the keynote speech, uh, the American Freedom Alliance, uh, talking about the World Economic Forum and talking about globalization, all of it. Uh, Alex Jones' book's a great primer. Uh, the, um, the War for the World Against the Great Reset, The Great Reset and the War for the World. This is the best primer out there. Go get this book today. It's at Amazon. My talk this weekend is going to be all about this. We're also going to do the show live from there on Saturday. So I want everybody to tune in. We're going to have all the great speakers that are there uh, over the weekend in Southern California. Naomi, uh, Wolf, I want to go to you. Uh, this story you've been breaking and working on about the vaccines and mother's milk. I don't think I've had a story, and there's so many that the, the, the Warren Posse gets really upset about. They're very upset about this, to say the least. Can you give us updates? I understand you have more breaking news on your research, ma'am. Yeah, uh, they should be upset. Um, yesterday, for those who didn't tune in, there was a huge summary of the fact that finally the Journal of the American Medical Association ran a letter, which it quickly put behind a wall, 
um, confirming that there's mRNA in vaccinated mothers' breast milk. And they warned vaccinated moms to wait two days before nursing their babies. This is a criminal act because since um, May 18th of 2022, the War Room Daily Clout research volunteers who are going through the Pfizer documents and writing these reports about what's in them have been issuing a series of detailed warnings, five separate reports, at least one video, showing that there's um, lipid nanoparticles and mRNA and polyethylene glycol in the breast milk of vaccinated moms. And not only that, just to recap, um, Ranit Feinberg, an Israeli journalist, wrote her second article drilling down into the VAERS database, uh, showing that 648 babies nursing from vaccinated mothers um, were severely ill and there were three deaths. Um, and we talked about uh, the details of two of the deaths. But uh, again, just to recap from yesterday, these were hundreds of, you know, not what the NIH is acknowledging belatedly in its own study confirming polyethylene glycol, a, a petroleum byproduct, which is an antifreeze, right, which is in the breast milk of vaccinated moms. You know, they say, oh, your baby might uh, be sleepless, agitated, um, crying. Well, it's far more serious than that. And these are criminal people concealing the truth from women and, and from dads um, and grandmas and grandpas, because the truth is that in the VARS database, there are hundreds of seizures, hundreds of narcoleptic reactions, um, hundreds of febrile reactions where there can be organ damage and brain damage. So very, and hundreds of neurological uh, reactions. Um, you know, to, to, of, of vaccinated babies and these three babies who died, and these are the only Hang only on. the ones. Hang on, you talk about AMA, you talk about AMA, you talk about the Israeli hospital, the researchers. You say criminal. These are some of the most renowned organizations, uh, trade associations, trade groups, uh, hospitals, researchers in the world. How can you call them criminal? Well, it's not rhetorical. I mean, the Journal of the American Medical Association pretty much lied to women in saying they're only in danger for two days when we've proven abundantly that they're in danger for months subsequently um, and that their babies are in danger. And, and Ranit Feinberg also proved abundantly that their babies are in danger. You know, these babies died, some of them 13 days after their moms were injected, after they nursed from vaccinated moms. So, you know, if, if God forbid any woman reads the JAMA newsletter, she can get past the wall that's been put up and thinks, okay, fine, day three, I'm safe to nurse and her baby goes into seizure and dies. You know, that's, that's murder. Um, and the fact that for five months now, we've been, it, you know this, because we've been doing it on this show, warning people and warning people, reporting and reporting, there are these dangers, these disgusting, toxic poisons in vaccinated mom's breast milk. And I even pointed out that there are, you know, the FDA, which oversaw the information about at least one dead baby is in the Pfizer documents, you know, having, having had vaccinated mom's breast milk. Um, the FDA, the same FDA that oversaw those documents, uh, suspended the production of, of baby formula, as you recall. So, uh, you know, the fact that for, for four and a half months, this information has been out there, we've been saying it and saying it, the reports are uh, impeccable, the primary sources are from the Pfizer documents and from the FDA, and the Journal of American Association didn't cover it, the Washington Post didn't cover it, the Ministry of Health in Israel didn't say, wait a minute, let's stop everything, babies are being poisoned. I don't know, you know, like at what point is something a crime? I mean, that's that's neglect. It's fraud. It's battery. It's it may be manslaughter. Um, and the Food and Drug Association is supposed to make sure that we are protected from poisoned drugs. And this is a poisoned drug that is now in the breast milk of vaccinated mothers in America that the FDA colluded in suppressing information about. Um, but I've got even more. And, and, you know, when you're asking, how does it happen? I mean, in a way, I, I'm going to start getting kind of, um, I don't know what to say, uh, terse about my answer when people ask me that, because 1930 to 1933, it was the professional organizations, the medical institutes, the physicians associations, that even before the National Socialists were formally in power in 1933, the Nazis um, lured them, bribed them, coerced them uh, to, to 
create a whole narrative and an institutionalization of what became genocide. They were the ones who led the fight. And this is in the book Racial Hygiene, and it's in the book The Nazi Doctors. So this shouldn't surprise us that, you know, and, and I say this as the granddaughter of, a, of someone who lost siblings in the Holocaust, it, it shouldn't surprise us. We have to get where we are, Steve. We are at 1933. Respected organizations have colluded in murder. That, you know, the, there are 648 injured babies that that were on the record in the VRS database that Rochelle Walensky, by the way, is custodian of mining and assessing. I have another bombshell, by the way. No, hang, hang on, we only got 20 seconds. So just give how you get there. We'll do it back this afternoon on the bombshell. How do people get to your site? It's most okay. important now. All, all the reports are on dailyclout.io. I'm on Dr. Naomi R. Wolf, and the book is The Bodies of Others. You got to read the bodies of others. Get it on Amazon or go to her site. We'll have Naomi back here at five o'clock tonight. See you then. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.